you don't have control over these platforms, things get shut down, algorithms change, iOS 14 comes along, like those emails, right? You get to take those with you forever. That is your owned media. Generally, people are not gonna wanna talk to you in all the places. They're gonna have a preference, right? Me personally, I hate SMS. I, I hate it. I am not on any SMS list. Please send me an email instead. And then you're gonna have a younger generation that's like email. Like I don't use email. If you are not showing up in your customer's inbox, your competitor is, right? So you wanna make sure that you're always top of mind. So on today's episode, we talk about e-commerce badassery. We talk about email marketing, customer experience optimization, and your overall strategy. It's a great episode with Jessica Tortilla Costa. You do not wanna miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Right, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, traffic, and automate these sales, you're tuned into the right show. Now, the episode you're about to listen to is um, an interview I had with um, Jessica Tortillo. She is um, the founder of e-commerce Badashri. It's a phenomenal interview if you are a founder and you're trying to figure out email marketing. Jessica is just the person to look up to in the e-commerce email marketing space in the sense that um, she really helps entrepreneurs or you know e-commerce founders or small e-commerce teams looking um to to get um you know their roll their sleeves essentially with the e email marketing just get off you know the ground in a very 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 um you know um efficient and effective way for just generating um just lifetime value just more sales from your existing customers and um, how to effectively essentially, um, you know, communicate with 
people who come onto your database, that is email subscribers or even, um, you know, existing customers who have, you know, recently or previously purchased in your store. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting, you know, um, conversation. She is down to earth. She's based out in um, Los Angeles in the U S and, um, she just, she lays it out as is. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure you will. And, you know, enjoy, enjoy what you're about to listen. But before I let you go, I just wanted you to mark this, these dates in your calendar, the 16th and the 17th of September, 2021. It's going to be epic. That is when we're going to run our commerce, a cell conference. It's a virtual conference that's going to run for two days. Um, watch out for commercecell.com. The website will be live so you could get your tickets. Um, they're free tickets and then they're premium tickets um, in, in, on the website. We, the role, the, the, the role of speakers in this one is, is, is going to be incredible. It's, it's our first virtual conference. Um, we are expecting 60 speakers, um, a ton of keynotes, as well as expert panels, all with a focus on quarter four growth. It is just something you do not want to miss. I'll, I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, it's, it's a very, very, very important and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important date to, to put in your diary. So if you're running an e-commerce team, um, if you're a founder, if you know, you're a marketer, this is for you. We have a role of speakers, um, Savannah Sanchez. Um, we have, um, social Savannah rather Nick Shackleford. We have Chase Diamond. We have, we have a ton. I'm not going to spill the bins too much. Go check the website out. Um, I'll, I'm going to run a, a few podcast episodes talking about, you know, this and just giving you a full you know, lowdown. So it's the 16th and 17th of September. Please mark it in your diary, mark it out. Um, it's going to be running EST. Our, um, our schedule at the moment is um, from about um, 11 a.m. EST, Eastern Time, through to, um, let's say 5 PM Eastern time. So it's a full day. It's worth of, um, just nuggets to help you crush Q4. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. And I'd like to welcome our new sponsors. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. So gorgeous. If you don't know who they, what they, what they do and who they are, they are a customer happiness pretty much customer happiness platform for Shopify. And, um, I think a few other platforms now I've had, um, you know, um, I've had two people come from gorgeous on this podcast and, um, it is the gold standard when it comes to, um, just managing customer experience, managing customer happiness, managing tickets on the Shopify or Shopify, you know, platform. So, um, yeah, drum roll. Enjoy this episode I have with, or I've had with Jessica Tortillo Costa, e-commerce badassery. Enjoy. Thank you. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Nun, and Choppies. 
build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Shibob is the global fulfillment leader for e-commerce brands like you all. So back in March 2021, they launched their first UK fulfillment center in London. Now, fast forward to summer, fall of the same year, 2021, they've opened a second fulfillment center up northwest of England in Manchester. This gives all of Shipbob's clients access to e-commerce markets in the US, Canada, Australia, and Europe. Shipbob offers direct integration to merchants running on Shopify, Wix, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Amazon, eBay, and Walmart. This quote on their site from Courtney Lee, the founder of Primal Coffee, really stood out for me. I felt like I couldn't grow until I moved to ShipBob. And my CPA accountant even said to me, thank God you switched to ShipBob. I mean, who gets compliments from their accountant? Fulfillment is incredibly time intensive. So just hand it over to the best of the best for fast and affordable shipping. To get $500 in free shipping credits today, go to shipbob.com forward slash 2x. That's S-H-I-P-B-O-B.com forward slash 2x. I'm Kune Campbell, your host, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you are looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, you're tuned in to the right episode. Now, um, speaking of which, um, today, today I didn't go into any of those babbles. You know, I just, I'm just going straight, um, because I'm super excited to have our guest on. Um, basically our guest is Jessica Totelo. She is, um, pretty much an email badass. Let's, let's put it that way. And that's because her brand is also called e-commerce bad, bad Ashri, which is a brilliant name. And, um, if we're talking about top names in the e-commerce industry around email marketing, she's she just comes top, right? Um, she has been in e-commerce for the last 20 years or so. And um, she just has a, a lot of value to, to, to share. She's based out in LA. She's 20 years, as I said, um, you know, seven figures. She works with seven figures, seven figure e-commerce businesses. Um, she's not just an expert in e-commerce. This is why I say she's multidisciplined. We're talking about SEO, web development, and digital marketing. And sometimes when you, you know, hire a consultant, you don't want a, a one-trick pony in, in that respect. And, and you really, you know, want somebody very diverse. And she brings it to, to the table. Now, today, um, where Jessica is joining us here on, on the podcast to, to, to talk about, you know, email marketing, um, for listeners, Q4 is around the corner and, um, we're, we're just looking to get these e-commerce e tips, you know, email marketing tips. And um, for, for e-commerce, and I think I'm babbling too much. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jessica to the show. Welcome, Jessica. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I probably haven't articulated your intro, you know, yourself. Could you take a minute or, or maybe even two to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I have been in retail for as long as I can remember. And when I was like 16 and I was able to get a job in a clothing store that I loved, it was like the most exciting day of my life. Um, this is just kind of what I do. And of course, throughout the years, it was really important that I worked my way into the e-commerce space because everything was moving digital and I didn't want to get, you know, left behind like this Facebook ads and Instagram and all that stuff was not a thing when I was going to school. So it's just Mm. been really insane and amazing to kind of watch what has gone on these last few years. But most recently, Mm. I was working for a multi-unit retailer stores all across the U.S. started out in their marketing department for their brick and mortar stores. And then we decided to launch e-commerce in-house. And I was the only employee of that business for the first three years. And I cried a lot at that job. But (laughs) I also learned a ton because I worked with some of the most amazing humans and consultants And I learned so much. And while I loved what I did, I didn't love who I did it for. And I actually started e-commerce badassery by accident from, if you remember when MailChimp and Shopify broke up and yeah, that was crazy time. And a lot of e-commerce entrepreneurs just like, didn't know what to do. So I just started talking to them about Klaviyo, my favorite email marketing platform. And they were like, you know, I'm on Klaviyo and I'm really struggling or I'm on Klaviyo and my emails are going to junk. Like, can you help me? And I was like, Mm. okay, sure. Let me, let me see what I can do. And after those, it was two like initial OG clients. I was like, this is the best job I've ever had. (laughs) And I remember (laughs) sitting on the couch with my husband, who is also an entrepreneur And I've just always, I mean, I I owned a brick and mortar boutique. So it wasn't like the first time I ever had my own business, but I had really been stuck in that corporate, like, this is what you do kind of thing. And he was like, "Um, so are you going to start a business or what? Because these people obviously need you. And I was like, huh. I think I am going to start a business. So that's actually how this happened. Um, And then, Mm -hmm. you know, over the last two years, what I really realized is there was, there's no one really serving that middle level e-commerce entrepreneur. There's a lot of Mm. stuff for the beginner, a lot of stuff for the super advanced, but like that, Mm -hmm. you know, mom who started a business from her kitchen table and is, you know, creating this and building this to support her family. Not a lot of people were talking to them. So you know, it was really exciting to be able to teach them. I always say like the big girl business stuff of understanding your analytics, how to do SEO, how to really strategize email marketing. Um, and it's been the best job that I've ever had. That's an incredible story. Incredible <laughs> story. You just that transition from, you know, just being an executive in a, in a corporation to, to helping people and seeing the impact. I think uh, a, a lot of our colleagues in, you know, in, in corporations, not, not to, to take them down or anything, but um, a lot of the time it, it, they find it very difficult actually seeing the effects of, you know, their actions. Um, it, it's not very immediate, you know, and, and sometimes you need, you need it to be gratifying. You know, you need people to say, thank you. You need to see results. You need it to change <laughs> yeah. lives. Yeah. And, and, and that's what, 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 what you're doing at email industry. Okay. So, 
In terms of um, email, just email as a channel, you know, um, how important is it now in in twenty twenty one as compared to, to to other channels? You know, what if if you you were running a small e commerce team, um, three maybe four people, if or you were thinking about just expanding your e commerce team, um, would you make a hire? Would you make an e- email? You know, um, or would you? take it, outsource it, how important does it, you know, you know, just play out in, in the mix? Yeah, it is so important. It's always been important, but I think it's even more important now as we start to realize how little control we have over Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all the other places that we focus on getting traffic and talking to our customers. It was just the other day I recorded a story on Instagram, right? And I was recording the video right on Instagram, go to post it. It never uploads. I can't download it. I can't do anything. The app just was like not working. Mm -hmm. And how many times has, you know, Instagram had a glitch and you can't post like you don't have control over these platforms. Things get shut down. Algorithms change iOS 14 comes along, like those emails, right? You get to take those with you forever. That is your owned media. Um, and you like, we can't discount that. I Social is so powerful. Paid advertising is still powerful. That stuff's not going to go away. But I like to think of email as the catch-all for everything else. You spend so much time, energy, and effort creating all of this content, spending money on ads, what happens when that user doesn't buy the first time they come to your website? That you just like lost all of that effort. So if you can get them on your email list where you can nurture them into the purchase and then continue to nurture them beyond and build a long-term loyal customer, like email is the best way to do that. And it still gets you 40 bucks for every dollar you spend. So it has the best return. Absolutely. And you talk a lot about this on your podcast, e-commerce battery. Um, by the way, I checked out your Instagram yesterday. Amazing as an amazing work in terms of, you know, how you're consistently, <laughs> you know, pushing out content um, that's you. relevant and useful. So let's talk about, let's get to the, to the basics. I like to, to get to the basics first. And, and you talk about the importance of email. Let's talk about email capture. What in your from your perspective, from your experience, you know, working with clients, working with corporations, um, wh- how, what's the best way to, to acquire or capture emails? Um, and is, uh, some certain emails you capture higher value due to where or the context in which you capture the emails? Yes, 100%. So here's how I don't want you to capture emails is through a giveaway. Because most of the time, those people are just looking for free stuff and they're not going to actually turn into a paying customer. You know, are there times when giveaways can work? Yes, totally. But don't rely on them. I see a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I did a giveaway and I got 10,000 emails and maybe like five of those people convert. Right. (laughs) So it's just not worth the time, energy and effort. But if there's a couple of ways where you are getting really, really qualified leads. And one of those is when you are using your list and the exclusivity of your list for new product launches, for instance, if you have a new collection coming out or even going into Q4 with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, 
you know, if you are giving that group of people either early access or an exclusive deal and getting on your list is the one thing they have to do to get that, like those people are there because they really want what you have to sell. Um, Another really great way to do this is through quizzes. So this works really, really good if you've got a wider assortment of product and the customer needs help figuring out which one is best for them. Skincare is like the easiest example to understand here. And then you can just require an email to give them the results. So you're doing something for them while also growing your list. And then the last way that I really like is, and we can talk a little bit about SEO as well, is if you have a blog for your e-commerce business, which I recommend that you do, you can offer some sort of content upgrade to that blog post. Now you see this a lot in service-based businesses, but it works for product too, as long as you have you know, that thread where it like perfectly makes sense and is in line with your business. So I think those are the three most valuable ways. And of course, there's always the exchange of a discount, which... I know we don't all want to discount our items. We, you know, we don't want to eat into our margins. And if that's not your brand, that's okay. But I wouldn't worry about training people to wait for a discount just by giving away that beginner, right? You're taking the risk away. You're still a new business. They don't know you. You're just taking away some of the risk. Right. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Spe- speaking of email capture, um, what about the spin and, and giveaways? What about spin to win uh, models? Um, what do you, are you a fan of them or yeah. um, they tend to convert better, so, but, but are you a fan of them? Yeah. Here, you know, it's so funny. Like you have to kind of decide, look, if you are the luxury status of Louis Vuitton, like you're probably not going to put a spin to win on your site. I get it. (laughs) But if you are a fun, personal type of brand, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Put it up there and test it. I think, you know, some people have seen the novelty has sort of worn off and it doesn't convert quite as well as it used to. But, you know, everything in e-commerce is a test, every single thing, because you just don't know. So I think it's worth a shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's, let's get into um, Clavio. I think for, for me, why I like Clavio is because it's like my eyes, my nose, my ears, <laughs> you know, in my story, it listens, you know, it listens. And from listening, um, you're, you're then able to create segments. Question is what top actions or customer actions should brands pay attention to? Um, because Clavier is there to, to capture all those, um, you know, events, essentially, quote unquote. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, I also am a Clavio fangirl, for sure. It's the, you get the most flexibility and functionality for the price point. And it is better than some enterprise platforms that I have used in the past, just in case anyone listening wasn't sure if Clavio was the right one. Uh, (laughs) This is not paid. So, you know, if you think about every step in the journey that your customer takes, you want to speak to them at each one of those steps, right? Because the mindset of that customer, where they are in the buying decision is different. So 
when I, and this is a lot of what I do in my business is set up automations for e-commerce entrepreneurs, because it's amazing how you can get to seven figures without these. But I promise if you put them in place, you'll make more revenue is I always, you know, you have the welcome, you have the browse abandonment, the cart abandonment. Well, really on Shopify, it's actually a checkout abandonment. You have your post-purchase, your win back. And then I also do a never purchase. And so those are people who signed up to your list, but 30 days goes by and they still haven't bought anything from you. And that's really the base, the, the minimum. And then it kind of just depends on your business. Do you have a replenishable product, right? Um, then you want to remind them about that. If you have a rewards program or a referral program, those are types of things you're going to want to work in there as well. That, that is a, a, a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it's super interesting. Um, I've been in scenarios where just a, a shopping cart abandonment, you know, um, you know, flow was put in and it, it just, there was, there was an uplift. Yeah. So, so for, for listeners, um, what would be your top so three to just get started and, you know, um, start and they start to see the difference essentially? Yes, definitely the abandonment emails for sure. So the checkout abandonment, six. I think the statistic is 68% right of carts or are abandoned on e-commerce websites. 68%. That's a lot. You can recover a good portion of that with a checkout abandonment email because you know what? In most cases, someone just got distracted. Like they still have every intention to buy but we're busy mm-hmm. humans. So they just need that little nudge and reminder. And you do not need a discount in that first email. FYI, They'll, they're going to buy anyway. Um, I also really love the browse abandonment on Klaviyo. And you know, not every platform has this, but that catches them before they even add the product to their cart. And it sounds a little creepy, but remember, these are only people who have already shopped with you. Like you already have their information. So you have that relationship with them. That one makes a lot of money. Um, and then can I have four? I need four. Go, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> then the welcome, right? That is your first impression. So you really want to make sure that you are, you know, warming them up. I like to wind them and dine them before I ask them to do anything for me. And then last would be the post purchase. Like just because you got the sale doesn't mean your job is done. Um, and this is beyond just the order confirmation and the shipping confirmation. I really love for their first purchase, a personal note from the founder, just say, Hey, thank you so much for supporting my small business. Um, and you can figure out what that looks like for you. And that's going to go a long way to remind them that, you know, they're more than just a number to you that like every sale really counts because, and as a smaller business, that is how you stand out. That's what you have over the big guys. They can't create relationships like that. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Okay. So um, what, what's happened basically is um, there's been, a lot of activity on communication channels. So, so we, you know, we, we obviously know that like email is a primary communication channel, you know, right now. And so, you know, SMS is a new one. Messenger is another one. WhatsApp is another one. And they all seem to have automation now, 
you know, um, so most of the flows, not except, you know, browser abandonment, but the, the basic flows, they tend to, to have, what would you suggest should be the right approach? So people are not necessarily bombarded with, you know, so many messages, which may actually, you know, scream desperation or annoyance. <laughs> Yeah. Essentially. So what are you seeing with your best clients? How are they sort of managing um you just multiple communication channels with um with their with their customers without sort of overlapping or you know, the, the same message or yeah. even sometimes conflicting, you know, given conflicting messages? Yeah. So I think number one, and you mentioned something really important there is if you are working with multiple different consultants. You as the CEO or whoever it is that you have managing those people, it is up to them to make sure that those two consultants, that everyone is on the same page and after the same goal. So, you know, having consultants to kind of, you know, drive the strategy and take some of the work off of you or your team, that's amazing. But like, they're just there to do what they were asked to do. Um, and someone still needs to lead that initiative. So I see a lot of, you know, smaller e-com entrepreneurs, they just kind of like lean into the consultant, like, okay, like whatever you're going to say mm -hmm. or do. No, 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 no. Still your business. You have to control that. And that is from many years being the client because they will look, not all consultants are crap, but some times they like unintentionally will bulldoze you a little bit. So you got to kind of manage that. But I also, mm -hmm. when it comes to the SMS piece specifically, because it's so funny, the company that I used to work for, they did SMS like 10 years ago. <laughs> it was too soon. People were not into it, right? That the world was not ready, but now it is an amazingly um, amazing tool to, you know, communicate with your customers and make revenue. But it's so different than email, right? It's really just a notification versus like a relationship building tool. So I didn't always, you know, recommend Clavio's SMS, but once they added in that two way communication where someone could actually message you to back respond. and you can answer them. Yep. Now I say, if you're using Clavio for email, use their SMS because this way, you can put those SMS messages in your existing flows, right? So you already know, okay, yes, I sent this email. This person did not open it. So, you know, 12 hours later, let me send them this SMS instead. Yeah. And yeah. I think across all of them, you know, I don't do a lot of the messenger stuff and that automation. I've used Recart before, but generally people are not going to want to talk to you in all the places. They're going to have a preference, right? Me personally, I hate SMS. I, I hate it. I am not on any SMS list. Please send me an email instead. And then you're going to have a younger generation that's like email. Like I don't use email. What do you mean? Please send me a text message. So I think you need to be really tuned in to your audience and just ask them where they want to be contacted and then lean into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree. I agree 100%. It's, it's, you know, um, messaging really should be for notifications and if you read that way, um, especially if everything is within a system that there's just, that there'll be no overlaps. Essentially you're looking at a customer in 
in its in in his in her or his entirety, you know, and um, yeah, it, it just makes a, a lot of sense. Um, and I was I, I made a comment about two years ago when I went for the um, for one of Clavio's, um, you know, they they had like a Boston um, yep. BOS Clavio BOS, yep. I think, in two thousand and nineteen before COVID. And I was speaking to a rep there, to to an executive. I was like, you know, you know, you guys would be great. It'd be great if you have your email. Um, along with SMS, along with, you know, um, what's happened and all, but, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. Um, you know, eventually let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth. Cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Okay, so, so let's talk about campaigns. Campaigns make money. Um, that, that is the, the, the long yeah. and, and short of it. At the same time, they can lead to a lot of unsubscribes if you don't do it well. Um, what, what are your best practices, um, for, um, campaigns, um, both in season, um, you know, if, if it's a seasonal thing and an off season, um, when, you know, things are slightly slow. Yeah, absolutely. Couple of things just to sort of set the stage for this conversation is 
If you are not showing up in your customer's inbox, your competitor is, right? So you want to make sure that you're always top of mind. And I think that is something that we, we overthink this email thing a lot. Not every email you send has to be about the hard sell. Doesn't mean it's not going to make you revenue anyway, but that doesn't always have to be the focus. Sometimes it is just being top of mind. So when that customer realizes they need a product like yours, you are the first person that they think of. And, you know, I, I, a lot of email marketers, myself included, will kind of relate this to dating, you know, as well. Like you need to have those conversations and warm up that, you know, um, that relationship. And if you just ghost them for two months, you know, they're gone. Like they're not sitting around waiting for you. So consistency is really, really important. And when you're trying to figure out, well, how many emails like should I send a week? Because that's a question I get all the time. It, It depends. Generally, the wider your assortment and the bigger your email list, the more emails you can send. But we can kind of talk a little bit more about that. But when it comes to this consistency and expectation, like what did you tell them you were going to send them? There are lots of e-commerce companies. They'll send an email every single day and that's okay because their subscribers have come to expect that. Like if all of a sudden they don't get an email, they're going to be like, oh man, they forgot about me. Like what's going on? Whereas if you're only sending once a week or something like that, and then you just start sending every day, people are going to be like, whoa, what's happening? So start with what you can consistently do. So I just want to set the stage there. Um, And I, you know, I generally have kind of like a three-step system of how I create an email marketing calendar. And we can go through that if you want. Let's do it. All right, sweet. So I like to sit down and do this quarterly if you can, but if not, 30 days works too. But it's just, you know, business happens in quarters (laughs) generally. So it's better to just do them all together. But I start off with like, what are all of my important dates? So these, we'll use Q4 as the example, right? You've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you have shipping cutoffs if people want to receive those items in time for Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever cel- uh, holiday they're celebrating. And then, so you've got all those important dates and put your own dates on there. So if you know that you are traveling or you're trying to spend time with your family, like that may change those cutoff dates, right? Maybe if you do fulfillment in-house, like you need to kind of be prepared for all that because people have really high expectations during this time just, you know, as we know. So I start with all of those important dates and then I'm going to layer in, okay, what am I doing? What do I want to focus on? Do I have a new collection dropping? Am I going live on my social channels? Like what are all of those things that you're doing to promote your business? And then the last thing is like, when you've got those holes, like let's say you send three emails a week and you're looking through and you have some holes, that's where I'm going to plug in some more evergreen content or some relationship, non-salesy, as I like to call it, content. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, 
your calendar is going to fill up like way faster than you think. And it's going to be really easy to send, you know, two or three emails a week. That's usually how I get started. Yeah, I, I like mixing your content and social game, your communication game with with email. So it feels, yeah, a lot more integrated with, with your approach. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. You did talk about um, the Liberty um, bigger stores or big, you know, um, stores with, with more SKUs have to send more often. Um, what, in your opinion, is the threshold in terms of the number of SKUs that, um, you know, sort of gives them the, you know, ability to send, you know, emails two, three, maybe even four times a week? Yeah. I don't know if there's a specific number, but I think it also relates to, you know, one, how often people shop with you, but two, how many, how many customer avatars do you have, right? When you have a large assortment like that, you're likely talking to more people. Maybe you have three or four main customer avatars. So, you know, you can break down your communication over those groups. So, you know, the company that I used to work for, gosh, we had, we probably had 500 or so SKUs on our website. We were, we had a lot more than that in stores. We were talking to really like four or five main customer avatars. Um, so the messaging was a little bit different for them. Right. And they shopped with us every three months on average. So we were sending three or four emails a week. You know, we had about 250,000 subscribers, something like that. Active people who are actually reading our email. That's important that they're active and you're separating those people out. So, and a lot of it too, is you just kind of have to test. And I, I'm all about data. Like I love data. I want everyone to make data-driven decisions, but there's also a little bit of intuition that goes into it. You kind of have to feel it out as you go. Um, especially during a, a time like Q4, because everyone is in it and everyone is sending emails and everyone's inbox is filling up. Right. And so you really need to watch the data in real time and make some like gut driven decisions too. So, you know, it kind of depends a little bit on the business and what the customer can tolerate. So would you sometimes, you know, just send um, emails on the sport just based on the data you have, you know, with you, you know, um, immediately or um, is everything planned from a campaign standpoint? Yeah, I start with a plan, but I'm willing to adjust, right? So mm -hmm. if I see, for instance, let's, we'll take Black Friday weekend, right? I'm going to do an early access to my VIPs. I'm going to do a kickoff email. I'm going to do a resend to the people who didn't open it the first time. I'm going to do a last chance. I might do an extended, right? fake extension email <laughs> um, or an oops, the code didn't work. Something like that. Just a reason to send an email. Yes, that's a thing. Every marketer is faking that. Um, and maybe some other ones peppered in there. But if I see that the response is really good and people are really loving all of the different messaging, because I'm talking about the same thing, but I'm talking about it in different ways. I'm telling different stories. I'm pulling different heartstrings, right? leaning into the emotion and the psychology of why people buy. If they're really digging it, I'm going to send more. 
because there's still going to be people who maybe are hesitating to make a buying decision. Maybe they're going to remember, oh, wait, I also need this for this person. I can get it here. So if I see that they're just like, I missed the mark, they're not into it. I really screwed something up. Like, I'm not going to lean in more to that. I'm going to adjust and pull back a little bit. Makes sense. Makes it makes a lot of sense. So, so what are brands like top brands you think are are doing email marketing well? Um, one that comes to mind personally is Chubby's. Um, mm-hmm. I'm subscribed to them, and they're so clever with subject lines, with um, with the snippets, with even the names they send. It it just it teases that open. So so. If there was like a swipe file, you know, who should we subscribe to basically from your <laughs> perspective to, to learn, um, you know, the fine art of sending campaigns? Right. This is a great question and I'm going to have an answer you may not like. I am not a fan of an email swipe file because mm-hmm. every business and customer and product and customer journey is different, right? Someone could create emails like Chubby's and it won't work, right? It works for Chubby's because that's who they are as a brand at the core. And that is likely what attracts their customer to them. Um, Even, you know, myself as an example, and I'm not an e-commerce brand, but as a service provider and someone who ultimately I'm selling myself, right? And the way that I communicate, the way that I speak, the words that I choose to use, which is honestly some profanity, right? That's going to attract and repel people. And if they are put off by that, then that's okay because they're not going to want to work with me anyway, because that's just how I talk, right? So I think really what we need to do is understand who our customer is and what's going to resonate with them. Um, But if you really, really, really need to see a good example, I also love Beard Brand and I love them particularly because they were a content company before they sold a product, right? Eric just wanted to tell people how to take care of their beards and he was creating YouTube videos and then the product line came out of that. Um, So they are really amazing at creating content. Um, so I always use them as an example. Fantastic. Eric, Eric has been on the show, um, in the past and he's, yeah, he's what they've done on YouTube over a million subscribers is mm-hmm. nothing short of amazing. It's an, it's a pure audience first business full Absolutely. stop. Um, brilliant, brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Right. So, um, in terms of like the, 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 the kind of like three, we talked about the three, um, you know, types of email, We've talked about flows. We've, we've just talked about campaigns and, you know, done a very thorough job at that. Um, the third are like transactional, you know, emails, you know, just order confirmation emails. Do, do you have any, when, when you work with clients, do, do you do you jump into these? Do, do you take control of, of these um, transactional emails, just automatic, boring emails? And if you do, <laughs> what, what, what do you do? What's, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. So it depends a little bit on the client. Honestly, my big goal is that people are able to be self-sufficient after our time together. So 
-hmm. you know, what they're able to handle and their team kind of dictates a little bit of how complicated I make things for them. (laughs) Right. Um, so that part just kind of depends. Um, but really my main focus there is to just adjust the voice a little bit. So it sounds more like the brand. Um, but I like mm-hmm. to keep it clear over clever for that stuff, right? Because people just want to know, like, where is my stuff? When am I getting it? Is it actually going to show up in my mailbox? Because raise your hand if you've ever been completely fleeced by a Facebook ad to a Shopify store to you never get the item. And then when you go back to complain, the site doesn't exist anymore. Like that still happens on the Internet. So people are a little mm-hmm. weary. Um But also, and this is specific to the U.S., I don't know the laws all over the place, but you are allowed to put up to 20% of the content of those transactional emails can be marketing-based. So it's a great time, too, to uh, recommend other products, maybe do some cross-sells, things like that. But I generally like to do that in a post-purchase flow instead. Because here's the other thing that's really interesting, and I've seen this in the numbers, is even if the customer gets their order confirmation email and they get another email a couple minutes later, like they're still high and excited from the purchase that they made from you. They're not going to be mad if you send them another email. They're just not. They're going to be like, oh, wait, what else do they have to tell me? And they're going to open it and be all excited. So um, in that way, you don't have to worry as much. That's true. That's so true. Just going back to campaigns, um, you, you mentioned, um, you know, frequency, the, the importance of frequency. And I put this thesis out on, on Twitter, and I don't know if this is anecdotal purely from, from my perspective, but b- because certain brands have um, sent me so many emails um, my second sort of Google is my Gmail in the sense that if like I'm looking, if like, you know, someone's a brand has sent me emails like forever mm-hmm. and I was never really in, in that buying mode. And then two years after I decided to be in the buying mode, I'll, I'll just go into, let's say it's dog collars or something. I'll go into my Gmail and just type out dog collars. Cause I know just to remind me of, let's say I forget the brand name, just to remind me and I pull right. that out. And, and then, okay, then, then I start my, my shopping um, journey from there. Is, is there any, you know, is there, are there any numbers or any, um, you know, research that, that backs, you know, that, um, that thesis, you know, um, on just due to being, due to frequency, um, you know, shoppers use um, their email to, to search, search for brands? Right. So not that, yeah, not that I am aware of, but as a consumer, I do that too, right? Like I have, I, I love shoes. Like I could buy, if I could buy every shoe, that would make me so happy. So I have brands that do email me every single day. And then when I am like, huh, I, I'm in a shopping mood right now, I will go search for those emails to see like, okay, what did I miss? Right. So that's definitely true consumer behavior, but Depending upon how your email platform um, reports sales, right? Like with Klaviyo, the default is a five-day conversion window. So even if someone is uh, using that email to get to your website and make a purchase, Klaviyo is probably not going to tell you that. But 
Google Analytics will tell you that, right? Because according to Google, that was the last click. So I would really go take a peek, you know, when you're really just trying to get like your email sea legs, <laughs> you know, take note and keep track of those campaigns um, and see where you're at. And then periodically go check up on them because emails have a longer life than you realize. And what's funny is a lot of the time you'll figure this out because of 404s, broken links on your website, <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll start popping up because someone is hitting a link in, you know, a year old email. So don't forget to redirect things on your website. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, wrapping up, you know, um, Apple released um, or just made an announcement quite recently about um, iOS 15, uh, um, their yeah. upcoming iOS and the fact that Apple Mail, so just to be very, very specific, not Gmail, but app, the Apple Mail app specifically will stop reporting open rates. Now, how devastating is the Apple Mail app to e-commerce? So from a client perspective, from a data, how much data are we losing here? Yeah. You know, so... When iOS 14 was coming out, right, and all the changes were coming to Facebook ads, my, um, I don't know, I, it, it was probably a little arrogant, right? I was like, oh, see, this is really why you need email. Um, and then a few weeks later, Apple says, hey, iOS 15, we're going to remove email tracking. So you're going to lose open rates and IP addresses. So if location segments are important to you, you got to start collecting first party data. So I think the statistic was somewhere around, you know, 70% or something of Apple iPhone users use the Apple mail app. Um, I use the Apple mail app, even though my emails are Gmail emails, because I do not like the Gmail app. Um, So we're going to lose a lot of data, but it's not the email apocalypse. So there's a couple things that you can do to get ready. Um, I think they said, was it September full release or was it September release to developers? I have to go look that up. It's it's typically September release. Well, you can you know they, they normally release their their products. That the new iPhone is coming in mm. September, which will come with an with with new iOS. Got it. Like okay, a few days after. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's coming just in time for Q4 friends. Yay. Um, Great timing. Great timing. (laughs) I know. So here are some things that you can do. And you know, you're going to hear a lot of email marketers say, well, open data is a vanity metric anyway. And to an extent they are right, but open rates tell you how did your subject line do? What about the day of the week or the time of day? So losing it does matter. Yes, having a high open rate does not always lead to revenue, but there's so many other steps in the journey that could have been the reason why. So what do you do now? You start testing now while you still have the data. If you don't know, you know, does your customer like witty suggestive subject lines or do they want it to be straight into the point? Do they like emojis or do they not like emojis? Do they want to receive emails, you know, at night, in the morning, on Mondays, on Thursdays? Like test all of that now while you still have the data. Um, also start collecting first party data. 
for a lot of people, you know, having that IP address and their approximate location is really important. The company that I had, you know, we had 35 stores across the US, but it was only 35. So they were very spread out. I needed those very specific segments, right? Um, If you have a wide assortment of product and maybe you sell winter coats, but you're not going to email people in Southern California about winter coats because we don't need those. So if that's important to you, start collecting that first party data, get it on a managed preferences form, start converting the, like your segment, right? Like just sit down with a good old Excel sheet, plop in a location and add it to their customer profile. Ask the customer for as much information as you possibly can, because, you know, Apple's the first, but I imagine it's only a matter of time before other services start catching up and doing the same thing. And I would say to start testing your content inside your email because your click is going to be like that base level data that you're going to be working with now. Um, And yes, you're still going to have that click data, but test now so that by the time this is in place, you already know, and you can just hit the ground running and you're going to be so far ahead of the game if you do that. That's great. Great, great advice. Great advice, especially in regards to to first party data. Um, There's a lot of work, you know, ahead, but um, yeah, just if you have that head, head start, you know, as you said, Jessica, um, you know, um, you'll be ahead. You'll be ahead for (laughs) sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap up um, with five tips. It could be more, you know, you, you could adjust five, four, three tips for e for for those people who think they're not doing email effectively from from an e-commerce standpoint what would be your five sort of um you know goodbye tips essentially yeah absolutely so like i mentioned earlier most people from what i've seen are overthinking email right we're making this way more complicated than it needs to be so i want you to number 1 remember that it's a human on the other side of that email address. And when in doubt, speak to them or come. And when you sit down to create these emails, come from a place of relationship of put on your customer hat, right? Like take off the CEO hat, just put on the customer hat and just talk to them like a real person. Um, if you are a small business, this goes a leaps and bounds. Like it goes such, such a long way because people really do buy from people. Um, also if you're really just stuck and you're just like, you know what? I really, I just don't feel creative, but I've been emailing every Tuesday for the last six months. And I want to get an email out this Tuesday, go into your email archive, find an evergreen email. So it's not time sensitive, create a new subject line and resend it. So you can resend it to the new people on your list. You can, if you have a new subject line and you tweak the content, like the messaging a little bit, but maybe the goal of the email is the same. You can even send it to the people who received it the first time because they're not going to remember. No one is paying that close attention to you. Um, And then lastly is, and this is with all your content, email content, social content, just because you said it once, doesn't mean that you can't say it again. Like I mentioned, no one's paying that close of attention to you. 
And some people just need to hear things multiple times before it clicks. Plus, you've got new people coming into your orbit all the time who haven't heard the story of why you started your business, why your product is so awesome, what this business has meant to you. Like, tell those stories and tell them often. Um, And I think when we just kind of like get out of our own way, this becomes so much easier and less stressful. Yeah. The the recurring theme, Jessica, is frequency. And um, yeah, I can't thank you enough um, for for sharing these tips. I actually learned a ton. Um, Stats come out from from you like like that. Amazing. You've been an incredible, um, you know, guest for, you know, listeners who want to, you know, follow you. Um, you, you do run a podcast, e- e-commerce badassery. Um, what other platforms I did mention on your Instagram will link up through to, to, to all of these in our, in our um, show notes. What other channels are you most active in and how can people get in touch with you and follow you? Yes. Instagram is definitely where I am most active for sure. Haven't quite made it into TikTok land because I feel old and like I don't know how to make TikToks. But I'm I'm starting with Instagram Reels. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> so you can definitely find me there. Makes and works. Yeah. If you go to ecommercebadassery.com, that's my website, and just forward slash 2x, I have a special gift there for you. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to go there to find out. (laughs) We'll link, we'll link to it. All our links in the show notes will be with the, will be, will be forward slash 2x and when you come as badassery.com. Jessica, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a ton of fun. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.